From 2 Corinthians 13, 13, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We are so glad that you are seeking God with us, and we pray that the message you are about to hear is a blessing to you. I am Brian Niebank, pastor of Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. I thank you for joining us today as we seek to walk together with God, expressing our love in Bible study and prayer, living the life of the church and serving others and worshiping God. May God bless you today. of our word this morning. Speak to us, O Lord our God, and let the fire of your Spirit burn brightly in our hearts. Open our minds to receive the wisdom of the law, the hope of the prophets, and the life of the gospel. Jesus Christ, your living word. Amen. Our first scripture reading is from 2 Kings, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Now, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elijah said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elijah and said to him, Do you know that today... The Lord will take your master away from you. And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Elijah said to him, Elijah, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The company of prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elijah and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he answered, Yes, I know. Be silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of prophets also went and stood at some distance from them as they were both standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water, and the water was parted to one side and to the other until the two of them crossed on dry ground. 
When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elijah said, Please, let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, You have asked a hard thing. Yet, if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted to you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. Elijah kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now in our gospel reading today, Jesus has just asked his disciples who the people say that he is. Peter then reveals who he believes Jesus is, the Messiah. Six days later, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John to Mount Tabor. In Mark 9, verses 2 through 9, six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me? God, by the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen.
When I was going to college in Albany, I met many loving people who took me under their wing. They drove me to church since I did not yet have a car at the time so that I did not have to take an hour bus ride every Sunday. I took the bus to church the first time I chose to attend, and I did not even have to take the bus back on my very first day there. Not only did they drive me back to my college, but they took me out to lunch on that first visit as well. They continued to drive me to church and take me out to lunch every single day or every single week for the whole three years that I was a part of that community in Albany, New York. That is what I would call a welcoming church. One of the nuggets that I took from that small church community in Albany is the way that they valued the small things in life. Going out for a meal was one of the strongest ways for them to stay connected with their friends. Many times there was an open invite. I met a number of their friends throughout the years. In addition to their Sunday lunch after church, there was a different group who got together on a weeknight, the same night each week. It was family time for them, the same time each week. And they would spend hours together at that same restaurant every week, catching up and spending valuable family and friend time together. They considered all of themselves family with each other. I took note of this because I loved seeing the connections that were built. Although I did not have time at a busy college schedule to join them for their weeknight dinners, except for a couple of times, I noted that this would be something that I would like to do someday. We can live with the same people and worship with the same people each day and each week. But what happens if we do not take time out of our day, at least once a week or whatever period of time works for each person? To truly enjoy each other for the sake of being together. Relationships can easily dry up. I know that Fireside has had something similar to this when the Gleaners were active and hopefully will be again when the pandemic ends. I believe that each family should try to have something like this as well. It is what builds a healthy and loving family. As I see the benefits that this has, I have to ask myself if I, gave, if I give the same commitment to getting together and building relationships, not only with my friends, but with God. Do I and can I regularly set aside time each week, not just to worship or be in the same space with God, but to live in the same space with God, but time set aside each week to truly be with God, just as we need to be with our friends and family. If I do not, what will happen? 
Today is Valentine's Day, which is a widely celebrated holiday, especially in the United States. Couples all around the country will be arranging their special dinners and date nights tonight. Some will be going out all out and budgeting for an expensive restaurant to show their love. Others will be staying home for a quiet movie night and perhaps some takeout. Couples will be expressing their love to each other, hopefully in the love language of their partners, which they have learned. Gary Chapman wrote a book about love languages called The Five Love Languages, The Secret to Love That Lasts. He argues that we need to make an effort to lower the divorce rate in this country. Currently, about one in two couples end their marriages in a divorce. In order to do that, he writes, we need to know how to make love last. And that includes knowing that after the initial butterflies fly away and partners realize that their spouses are not Mr. and Mrs. Perfect, who agrees with him or her in just about everything, since there is another way to express love and work through the challenges that always arise. It does not mean that love is not still in the air. It is just a different kind of love. The languages are receiving gifts, spending time together, doing acts of service, physically engaging with each other, and giving words of affirmation. Each person has a different love language. Though each person may have a couple of them that they're strongest in, there's always one that they're most strongest in. And to express love, you should find things that you enjoy doing together and also learn to express love in your partner's most prominent love languages. What is God's love language? Learning the love language of your partner is very important if you are to have a strong marriage. Therefore, if we are to have a strong relationship with God, we should try to learn the love language of God. Jesus told us that the most important commandment in the Bible is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. We may not feel romantic love with God, but we can still feel love. We need to feel love. It is difficult to be physically connected with God so physical touch is likely not God's love language. Neither is sacrifice or receiving gifts. In Isaiah, God said, What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord. I have had enough of burnt offerings of ram and the fat of fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. In Isaiah chapter 11. The prophet Hosea wrote of God's will. 
for I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. Hebrews explains why they are now unnecessary. Now, when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. God wants us to experience steadfast love of God and knowledge of God instead. God's love languages are some combination between spending time together, doing acts of service, and giving words of affirmation or praise. We carry out these ways to express our love in Bible study and prayer, living the life of the church, and serving others, and worshiping God. God gave Peter, James, and John a direct command during the transfiguration of Jesus. The disciples who were with Jesus were terrified when they saw Jesus transform into something described as dazzling white. They were probably even more terrified when they saw long-deceased Moses and Elijah with him. As Peter tried to overcome his fear and speak, offering to build a house for each of the three, the voice of God broke through that fear. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from that cloud there came a voice, This is my Son, the Beloved. Listen to him. Jesus taught us how to express our love to God in Bible study and in prayer, how to live the life of the church and serve others, and how to worship God. This experience proved to Peter, James, and John, if it was not proven already, that Jesus is the vine, and that his word is the word of God. After we have gone through the season of Epiphany, where Jesus gathered us and called us to travel with him, some of us are bewildered by his teaching and others not yet knowing why we have obeyed the call, we have come to the transfiguration. The new disciples had been bewildered by the power, by the authority of his words. Some perhaps wondering why they had made this commitment, and others in pure awe of what Jesus had begun doing. And now a select three of the disciples were exposed to a divine conversation to prove the authority and appointment that had been given to God, that had been given by God to Jesus. If we want to learn how to express our love for God in God's love languages, we need to listen to Jesus. The story of the Transfiguration appears just after the tide is turned in the Gospel of Mark. Mark 8 begins with more miracles, which had decorated the first seven chapters of the book of Mark. Midway through Mark 8, however, 
Peter reveals the identity of Jesus as the true Messiah. Following this, Jesus began to teach the disciples that he must suffer and die. When Peter rebuked Jesus privately for this claim, Jesus responded harshly, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on divine things, but on human things. Many are distracted by human things, wanting power, respect, or wealth. But what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Jesus preached, sorry, Jesus preached that we must value our spiritual lives more than our human lives, and that we must take up a cross enduring suffering as we follow him. There is no escaping suffering in this world, but we can follow him and listen to him. Following this sudden change in the ministry of Jesus, the disciples were naturally confused, went from miracles, all good news, to the news that they must also suffer. It stands to reason that they were terrified when they saw Moses and Elijah with Jesus on top of that. Moses and Elijah had both been taken up into the sky from a mountain and from the Jordan, respectively. Was this the day that they were to lose Jesus on a mountain? Fortunately for them, it was not this day, but it did change the way that they saw Jesus and the way that they listened to him. They asked more questions. Jesus had been declared as the Messiah among them. The disciples realized who Jesus was, and this identity was confirmed for them in this moment. What was left for them to understand was how they would hear and understand what Jesus had to say to them. How do we listen to Jesus? John Wesley once said, Though I am always in haste, I am never in a hurry, because I never undertake any more work than I can go through with a perfect calmness of spirit. Spending time in the calmness of spirit is one way that we can listen to Jesus. We can call on this calm when we feel terrified. It will teach us to ask more questions of God and listen for their answers, rather than rebuking Jesus because we are afraid of what will happen if what he says will come true. We learn to feel comforted by the words and by our prayers. We are called to also learn how to serve the church so that it can grow. We recognize that God is revealed in the person of Jesus and in what Jesus taught us to do. The work that we do, therefore, is a manifestation of God here in our lives today. We listen to Jesus by volunteering to lead projects in the church as we are able just as the disciples volunteered to give Jesus their very livelihood. And finally, a third way that we listen to Jesus is by spreading the words of affirmation that Jesus gave 
to us. We must learn, if we have not already, to regularly set aside time each week to be with God. Not just to be with God, but to be with God, to focus on God. We may not witness another transfiguration, but we can and will witness many wonderful things happen that we have been too busy to notice before. You might respond as Elijah did, saying, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you, Jesus. When we say that we live with haste, but not with hurry, we should slow down to appreciate God. But we should never let up on our efforts to understand how we listen to Jesus. Donald Booz, a, direct, a district executive of the Church of the Brethren, noted that faith communities can become safe places for both members and seekers to explore the various ways that the identity of Jesus is being revealed. There is also this, not only Jesus' identity, but the way of discipleship is also being revealed. Today, we must not let up on figuring out how to be disciples of Jesus. The transfiguration is the identity and the way of Jesus being revealed to us in its true nature. It will start by relying more deeply on God in the midst of suffering. And to do that, we must seek to spend time with God, practice God's love languages, practice with haste. The season of Epiphany has ended. The gathering of the first disciples has been done. Next, we learn more about discipleship. We learn how we can make it through this world where we have to suffer by following Jesus. We learn how to draw closer to God, to love God, and to love one another. We prepare for the season of Lent. Have you made a commitment to spend regular time with God? Devote, serve, and worship. It is never one and done. It is the way to make it through. It is the way that God most understands our love. Love is in the air. Thanks be to God. Thank you for joining us here at Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. If you would like to reach out to us, we would be thrilled to journey with you on your walk with God. Call us at 419-483-6658 in the United States. Reach out to us on our Facebook page or send us an email at zionunited 
at gmail.com with any prayer requests or questions you may have. Remember to make time for God and confess Jesus as your way to God to give you hope in this life. May you be blessed by God and be a blessing for another. We hope to see you again.